The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Top 10 lists are the worst. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I am Mike Stevens from Yahoo Sports, and sitting across from me, as always, is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I have my sanity back. She's alive, folks. I'm alive. She made it. It was I, looking dicey there for a little bit. Uh, yeah, someone described me as looking like a ghost who got hit by a car, mm-hmm. um, which is not great. Some people say the sweetest things, you know? Yeah. Um, it was It was interesting. Um, but I have submitted the paper. Yeah. And do you want to just give a quick recap of why you're in a nearly unconscious state? Yeah. Um, okay. So I, some people might not know. I have decided to do a master's Mm -hmm. that requires multiple papers and a thesis. Of course. Um, and so I had to submit the first official part of, or the first official paper for, um, the completion of my thesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to write that and find appropriate literature when there is not a ton of academic literature about hockey. We love it. Um, was not stressful in the slightest. No, not at all. Also trying to provide commentary while not breaking non-disclosure agreements. Very easy and not at all difficult. Um, so yeah, I have, I think I, my doctor's, told me like I need to be tracking my sleep because yeah. I've had like five heart episodes in the mm-hmm. last like week. Makes sense. Um, and I have up until yesterday had nine hours of sleep combined in the last five days. And then yesterday after I submitted my paper, I napped for three hours mm-hmm. and then slept for nine. <laughs> you gotta get that circadian rhythm back. You know, it's, it's very important. But I showed up today. Oh, we were off to a hot start yeah. this morning. Yeah. Rachel texts me. She's like coming over. Like, great. She walks out. What? You forgot your car keys. You forgot your phone. I forgot to put my glasses on. Yeah. Which is pretty key. You need to see, especially when you're driving <laughs> yeah. in the snow. Yeah. Um, so I forgot my keys mm-hmm. that I need to get into my vehicle yep. and my glasses. So we're off to a great start. This is going to be pristine, professional. Great. But th- we got we got a great show. Look, the. But it's Christmas. Know, Mike has a Christmas tree up. Yeah. It's very festive. I have. Some very festive socks on right now. And in the spirit of the holidays and good news, folks, we te- we we have some announcements rolling out. We f- we teased something last week, and we have we have some good news to talk about today. So indeed, we do. We got a sponsor. We have you know we're we- and this is not the only announcement coming. Oh in the no, next this few is weeks. just this is just the only one we can talk about right now. But we have a sponsor. The uh, the Staff and Graph Podcast is, has partnered with Manscaped. To uh, to have a nice little ad partnership there, and we're extremely excited about it. Um, it's a vibe. It's it really is a vibe. Look, folks, we're we're big time now. We're not just two. We're not just in our mom's basement. You know, uh, ch- you know, churning this out. We got reputable brands. We got the guys who are on TikTok all the time saying your balls will thank you as our as our headline sponsor right now. So this is pretty. This is pretty excited. 
At least I am. Rachel's just sitting here. She can't say anything because, you know, she doesn't have balls. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So I obviously am not the expert in this uh, (laughs) field, we will call it. I have 24 years of experience. Right. Um, So if you... My you have any queen, questions, let me know. I am the resident staff graph individual in this podcast. What am I Mike the, is now the resident manscaped incro- authority on incredible um, male hygiene on this podcast. Yeah, so so for the guy who said, why is Rachel have to be the staff and graph of the podcast? Well, now, now I'm the expert on manscaping. So let me know, but we'll have a nice little ad read for that. It'll be fun. It'll be great. It's the holiday season. Make sure. And we got discounts for the Christmas season. Hello. And we do. And we're going we're gonna to be teasing that. Because if you want to give a, a, a present to your boyfriend, your boyfriend or, or anyone in your or life, yourself. anyone in your life who, you know, has those parts and needs, <laughs> and needs them. Because look, we don't, some people do. Um, we got them for you. But this is, but talk about balls aside. Um, we have a great show. It's the nice list. There's nothing I want to talk about more than balls yes uh it's the nice list and this is the one i think we were, i was really looking forward to the the naughty list which we did last week obviously because you know our our podcast is built upon a foundation of of rage and sass and sass but i think it's i think it's high time you know with everything's going on in the world we just gotta we gotta throw out some positive vibes there we also gotta, to the person who said i put the ass in sass in my dms this week you made me laugh yeah but also, if you think I'm sassy on this podcast, in person, like, M- Mike, you can speak to this. <laughs> the sass level off the podcast. You guys don't even know. You guys <laughs> don't even know. It's, it's absurd. Um, but yeah, we got, so we're going to be doing our nice list. But we have a couple of headlines to hit off the top. Rachel, Scotiabank. Yes. The so company. Scotiabank is also known as the Bank of Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. It's a bank. It's a bank yes. in Canada. Um, it has officially sponsored the PWHPA, mm-hmm. specifically the Calgary Hub, um, and the 2021 Secret Dream Gap Tour. So Secret has already sponsored the Dream Gap Tour. Fantastic. Love to see it. Scotiabank has now hopped on. They are going to be sponsoring the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are also creating a collaboration on a mentorship program yeah. with the PWHPA for young female players that's going to launch in 2021. So That's not only huge. are they sponsoring professional, the professional level, but they're sponsoring and trying to get in at the grassroots level, which we all know is where you grow the game. So I just think Scotiabank getting in and, and sponsoring with, with meaningful action, this is the kind of stuff we need to see to grow the game. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's really nice to see because Scotiabank is a huge part of Hockey Night in Canada. It's a huge part of minor hockey in Canada. Oh, it's but huge. it's really nice to see that they're taking their sponsorship and they're not just sponsoring the men's professional game. They're also now sponsoring the women's professional game and the women's grassroots level. And I think that's it's it's going to be a really good thing for the game in this country moving forward. Yeah, it's one thing. Totally. And it's, I think it's one thing to to throw like to, to be a big corporation and throw sponsorship money behind an existing product. But to to like this mentorship program is going to be huge. because that's going to grow the next generation of women's hockey players. It's going to it's going to hopefully grow the, the generation It's going to benefit from all the legwork that's being doing all, or that's being done now. All the uphill battles that have had to have been fought it, it, like this. Everyone needs a mentor. A lot of young people don't already into that on our, in our nice list. This is really, really important for, for female, young female players and to have a one of the biggest corporations in Canada like Scotiabank sponsors everything. Yeah. Like they, they look, they sponsor the, the you know, the arena here. 
in Toronto. Which they, we can see from this window. Which we can, well, a, a sliver of. of it. But they sponsor, like, I remember even... even They're huge in hockey, and so for them to yeah. say it's important for us to not just be in the men's game, but in the women's game as well... Um, Even I think it's up, going to be very good. I had I had a Scotiabank patch on all my all my minor hockey team jerseys. Like they've really, but that was that was for guys. And now they're they're really staking their claim. And this is this is what women's hockey is needed. A like juggernaut, like you know, monolith corporation that actually is going to put some of their funds towards. Yeah, they needed a bank or a telco. Yeah, and now they have a bank. I still think they need a telco as well. Mm-hmm. And Rogers sponsored has hometown hockey yes there's no reason that they can't have i'm sure there will i, I, I like hope i'm not sure effect. yeah i'm not sure but i hope there will be some collaboration in there the second one this is like we i guess we did our naughty list we we did do our naughty list i think one week too early because there have been a lot of candidates that could have slid on there um these two particular individuals this is like whatever Canada's version of the gulag is. <laughs> yeah. Send these guys there. Cause it's, it's two individuals arrested for breaking into and burglarizing Walter Gretzky, the father of Canada. The literally the father of hockey in Canada. No, I wouldn't even There's say the father. No I wouldn't even say the father of famous hockey for like being a hockey dad than him. Dude, like think about it. Like people, people would walk. I have it here. It's, it's beat up here. I'm going to, just so, just for prop's sake. So when you would go to Leaf Games, Walter Gretzky would be there yes. and he would have cards. And during the game, no matter if there were the play was on or anything was happening, you could walk up to him and he would sign an autograph for you. No questions asked. He would address it to you. Like this man yeah. is a gentleman. I have so much respect for people, for, for huge celebrities who are just always who are always generous with with either autographs or time yeah because a as you know a young fanboy or whatever growing up like that even getting a second of of eye contact or or like a little autograph that makes your world and it co- yeah. and it takes no effort but i know a lot of that and se- and secondly i signed my first autograph last week I was recognized on the street and I, for some, what? yeah, it was very weird. I had my, I was walking, I was doing one of my, my one of my walks and, and I was away from a lot of people. So I had my mask kind of like around my chin. So I guess like, yeah, you see my face and these two, these, I would assume they're like 13 year olds, like ran up to me and said like, Hey, like, are you Mike Stevens? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, am I going to get mugged? Like what's going on? <laughs> like mugged. it was, it was very weird. And they were like, Oh, can you sign? Can you, can you like, sign this and it was just like a piece of paper like a notebook and i was like i don't even know i literally was like i don't even know like what i i, I don't have an autograph i, don't I have, have autograph. my signature yeah which i don't I'm even not- have a signature so i just wrote my initials in cursive <laughs> i didn't know what to do michael but what i'm gonna say about that i don't i'm never i never thought anyone would give a shit about me enough to to do that but okay, anyway mike is holding for context a book that looks like it yeah. is 900 years old like it looked like it came from the vatican yeah so but where i was going to that is is like i've done i've signed one autograph in my life but i but i guarantee like if 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 that happened to me like every time i stepped out of my house a million times i would it, that would wear on me very quickly so for walter gretzky who's not even well, like mike johnson talked about it when yeah. he came on the podcast that people would come to his house don't get me wrong, like Mike Johnson was is my favorite hockey mm-hmm. player. I would not show up at his house. No. Apparently I lived like a like a block away from my still didn't do that, but in my hand I'm holding Wayne Gretzky's autobiography. Okay. And it was at the summer camp that I went to every year in their library. And I remember I read it like religiously every single and summer. You stole it. And I stole it. And now <laughs> okay. it's mine. But in this book, like Walter Gretzky, like this is an autobiography. So Wayne talks about his dad 
in great detail. Right. And like people would drive up in front of their house in Brantford, run out, grab a handful of, of grass from their lawn, put it in a jar, jump back in their car, drive away. Gretzky grass. Gretzky grass. So, okay. So Walter Gretzky, like, do we say that it was $500,000 worth of Gretzky memorabilia that was stolen from Walter Gretzky's house? That, like, first of all, if you break into a 90 year old man's house, I don't yeah. care who is it. You're is, catching these hands. I, you're done. But to show up to Walter Gretzky's house after everything he, like how class, like how much class this man has, how kind he is. And the fact that he's just proud of his son and you're going to steal stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but you're getting thrown in jail. I don't want to see a fine or like probation or any of that nonsense. Like jail. Oh, like it's, he doesn't (laughs) have that. He doesn't have that memorabilia in there. Like to sell it. He's his dad. He just has it there because he's like, look what I helped create. Like, this is my son. Look how proud I am of my son. And $500,000 and included like um, pants, gloves, sticks. It was a, yeah. Game you sticks, jerseys, gloves, pants, and even a player of the year award. You have to be some type of bull to break into that house. So this was following. I'm glad they caught them. They did. And they they caught two people and they charged them. Uh, You damn right. They did. This was following a three month investigation. We didn't even hear about it until the charges were, or at least I didn't hear about it until the charges were. I'm really happy that no one seems to have been hurt because if Walter Gretzky would have gotten hurt, there would have been a lot of people with vendettas. Like I would assume he was home when this happened because like we're like we all have to be home at some point and he's a 90 year old man like i feel like he's not out and about all day i don't know maybe he's super spry but like i'm either way don't break into people's houses and yeah, steal things but like this is probably like yeah like you're not the grinch i am the grinch yeah you're not gonna go and steal and i am not breaking yeah. into people's houses so just big f you to, to those people yeah i was gonna say those guys and they probably are. We, I don't think they're. Yeah, they but we, we can just assume because all men are trash. Um, <laughs> and I'm saying that as a white man. In a lighter story. Well, and you are very excited about this. Well, <laughs> is it lighter or <laughs> at least it was lighter after it happened. That's for sure. Okay. So a football game was played. It was the best football game this year. Oh, 100 percent. It, it was fantastic. And like, I did not think the Browns would be that entertaining. I, I did. Because I think the Browns are... Well, I'm used to the Browns being... Well, me too. But I think the Browns are always entertaining. It's usually just not for good reasons. Oh, okay. Like, it's usually for, man, how much... How can they fuck this up? But this is not about the Browns. This is... Also, real non-quick, non-sequitur real quick. I just want to apologize directly to Rachel's grandma, who apparently listens to this podcast to hear her daughter's voice. Granddaughter. Sorry. Daughter. (laughs) Granddaughter's voice in the sweetest manner possible. And have just had to listen to me drop f bombs after f bomb. I, I, you, me, and you. I, I sincerely apologize, and I hope that you don't. I hope you don't hate me. I also should probably apologize. Um, so I'm not a bad I will influence. Be swearing I promise. Less on this podcast because my grandmother listens. She is in her retirement home, mm-hmm. and because they're in lockdown right now, this is her only form other than facetime yeah her only way to connect with our family and so i will be swearing significantly less on this podcast also hello and i love you yeah please i i I promise you i'm a good i'm a nice young boy (laughs) mike is a nice boy okay back to now we're gonna talk about exactly yeah (laughs) so there was a football game played (laughs) on monday night between the baltimore ravens and the cleveland browns and it looked pretty promising in cleveland's favor 
because Baltimore's quarterback, Lamar Jackson, had to leave the game unexpectedly. Right. So they were down like 14 points. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson's not on the sideline. And he just had to leave the game. This is the NFL MVP, by the way. Yeah, reigning NFL MVP. And this is a, these are divisional rivals, and this is a very important game. Right, playoff implications. Cleveland is surging right now, and Baltimore, half their team got COVID, and they've dropped the last two games, and it is not looking good. They needed, they needed desperately to win this game. But Lamar Jackson, he's, he's he leaves, and everyone goes, what's going on here? I was like, uh. And then, you know, then, then there's a fourth down, like 30 minutes later. And he's buzzing. And then he, sp- he, ju- he runs back onto the field and he gets it and he gets in there. They convert the fourth down and then they go on to win the game in, in dramatic fashion. But why did Lamar Jackson leave the game? So I am not the resident expert in this and we are not going to spend a ton no, of time on this because we no one comes here to hear us talk about poop. But Lamar Jackson 100 percent had to leave that game because he had to poo. OK, why are you so like hard up on this because because they said he had cramps and as like he was no. recovering from covid no um he pooped which okay if you have covid or had covid and you're recovering i could believe you have cramps but then there is your theory if he had cramps they would have stretched him out on the sideline that happens yeah but it, you can't get an iv on the sideline you can get an iv in the medical tent in the blue medical tent there's no way they would have there's no in the, there's in no the, way they would have taken him off the field there is Football players will play through the worst pain possible. Cramps? Are you kidding me? There's no way. Lamar Jackson is one of the gr- the biggest competitors ever. He has a huge chip on his shoulder forever because when he got drafted, he was the last quarterback drafted in the first round because everyone said he should play a, he should play wide receiver or running back because no one believed in him. Okay, so he ran back to the locker room in a fashion. So there's a video, but I'm saying like he this is the most competitive guy ever and in a literal like a must win game in a season okay. that might be lost because you know of all the crap that's happened. There's no way that a little cramp is going to take him out for half an hour. But there is one thing that can happen to a human that no matter what's going on, you need to address it right away. And it is pooping your pants. And there is a video. There's a video of the, the, the hallway that Lamar Jackson was run like that leads into the Ravens locker room. Right. The run that Lamar Jackson was doing. I have made that run more times than I'm proud to admit. But that is the run, and I want you to look this up on Twitter. I, I tweeted it a couple days ago, so go through my, my timeline. This is very important. Oh my it it God. is. Seriously, this is very important. Because Lamar Jackson, that is the, that is the run of someone who is, mere, who is a, a, an awkward standoff in the hall away from shitting their pants. Okay. And you can tell because he's running down the hallway and a guy is just absentmindedly like going through and like opens the door and is like looking at his phone or something. And Lamar, you can tell frantically waves him out of the way. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that that's desperation right there. That's hu- That's the human condition. That's desperation. Okay. But after, so after the game, and this is famously Paul Pierce had something like this where he was taken out of the game in a wheelchair because he pretended to be injured and he was taken out of the game in a wheelchair. And then he revealed on an ESPN panel last year, that he didn't, he wasn't really injured. He just used that as an excuse because he had to deal with his business. Wow. So Lamar, my plea to you to go back in time for my Christmas wish list. My plea to you is just to own it because you because after he came back, they he won. played incredible and they won. So 
There we go. We are 20 minutes into this podcast. It's fine. And now we're getting to plot points. Yeah, but we don't have a ton of uh, plot points. So trending up is Oscar Limbaum's warrior status, Oscar Limbaum's badassery, the Philadelphia Flyers forward who was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer. Ewing's sarcoma, to be specific. Has beaten, he's officially... In remission. He's officially cancer-free today. He's in remission. Things we love... To here. What do you want to say with your full chest, Rachel? <clears throat> Fuck cancer. Boom. I feel like that warrants the the f bomb there. Yeah. Um. This she is will be okay with that one. What an absolutely just what an absolutely incredible, unbelievable show of perseverance. I am yes. in awe, and I will forever be in awe of what Oscar Limbaum has done to get to to. Like it's not this even, past year for him. Like never mind COVID. No, but including COVID. Yeah. Like. This man has had to deal with having a rare form of bone cancer during a global pandemic. During his prime years in the NHL. Yeah. So good for him. We are things we love to see. Good for the Philadelphia Flyers for paying him. him. And for supporting him. And also, he's making $3 million a year now, isn't he? Yeah. Like, they gave him term and they gave him dollars. They don't know if he'll be the same after. But they're like, we support this guy. We believe in him. Yes. And the whole team rallied around him, clearly. Like, this this is... I mean, how do you not... I know, but this has got to be the most, what, heartwarming story in the NHL? Like, it has to be. Right Come now, on. yeah. And the guy came back. At, he didn't actually play, I don't think, but he still took warm-ups in the bubble? Like, he went to the bubble. Yeah, they brought him to the bubble. They brought him to the bubble. Like, that's... Man, what a guy. Like, incredible. Um, also trending up. Mark Messier's lawyer fees. Man, okay. So... Oh, boy. I send this to Mike because... During my break of paper writing mm-hmm. yesterday, I saw that Mark Messier has decided to be litigious with some type of stock nonsense. Who knows? But in his claim, he said he is, I believe, a top 10 player of all time. Um, a top 10 leader, yes. He's got an award named after him, a leadership award. A top 10 hockey player of all time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I can name 10 players off the top of my head okay. that are better. Now, to be fair, he's third all time in points. He's got 1,887 points. Let's, okay, so now we're just wiping out defensemen I, and goaltenders. Like the next closest is Ray Bork with over 1,500 points, which is... Just Ray absurd. Bork is a defenseman. Yes, and Paul. No, no, no. I'm saying like in terms of of in, ter- in terms of actual like play like defenseman, he's the closest. And he's like, is Mark Messier a very famous hockey player? Yes, yes. But I, I mean, I have trouble. Vancouver Canucks legend reconciling the fact Should- that you are using a lawsuit. To toot your own horn. Should you have a award? Like, should you have a, the leadership award in the NHL named after you after the crap that happened in Vancouver? Probably. When not. you signed with when you signed a ludicrous contract when you're clearly on the listen. Decline. I don't want to get sued because he's clearly feeling litigious right now. Yeah, you came into Vancouver, you stripped Trevor Linden of the captaincy. You're like, that's mine now, and then you didn't even make the playoffs once and drove that. Or like, come on, that's yeah. But it. So we'll see what comes of this. Well, so but either way, like this lawsuit. I mean, so former this is reported by Rick Westhead, former New York Rangers all star Mark Messier alleges he lost a lost a five hundred thousand dollar investment in Alberta can in an Alberta cannabis company called Destiny Bioscience. And he alleges in a lawsuit that Destiny CEO Ed Moreau's, um used 
used Messier's celebrity status to raise $30 million in funding. According, what I love is, according to Messier's claim, he's one of the greatest hockey players in history. Like, dude, come on, man. Uh, and look, he's great. And he's, and he's, he's a legend in the sense he's of... He's great. But it's not like we're not talking about Wayne Gretzky or Bobby Orr or like Maurice Richard or Jean Beliveau. Like, this is, this like, is not the same people. So this, this reminds me a lot of, of Brooks Likes podcast in terms of like the pumping yourself up. This is written by Mark Messier. This is how he thinks. So <laughs> it's called How Men Think, and it's with Gavin DeGraw of, um, I think it's Three Doors Down fame. And, and Brooks yeah. like, and so it goes, have you ever wondered what your husband is really thinking? Why did your boyfriend do that? It's no secret that men don't often share their inner thoughts, even with each other. This podcast will literally serve as How Men Think, as NHL great Brooks Like, an award-winning singer, musician, and songwriter, Gavin DeGraw. And their panel of experts. NHL great. NHL great Brooks like. We need to have a discussion about what great means then. He, he, was a, he wasn't even a great Marley. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But that, like, Mark Messier being like, according to, in, like, according un, to under myself. oath, in a legal claim, he calls himself one of the greatest players in history. That's insane. Um, and, then, and then our last plot point, trending down, is Giannis Antetokounmpo's chances of retiring as an NBA champion. Because he yesterday he signed a whopping... There's an opt-out option. Yeah, but. in 2025. So he signed a whopping five-year, $228.2 million Supermax extension with the Milwaukee with It's the, the Milwaukee richest contract Bucks. in NBA history. And as someone who I read yesterday that he can't, like he would sleep like five people to a bed because mm-hmm. his parents like couldn't afford anything. Oh, so he comes now, from abject poverty. Yeah, so like... For him to sign this, and he genuinely seems like a nice dude. Oh, he is. Um, him and his two, like, his two brothers are also in the league. I'm super happy to see this. It's awesome. I just wish it was with the Raptors. But it's also just a shame that he's going to be the greatest player in history to never win a championship. Because signing this is a hockey move. This is a move I would. Ex- this is a move that I would ex- expect, expect from a hockey player. A hockey yeah. player, because like we're we're looking at James Harden, who's just who like Houston took a little bit of a step back this year. And he's like, oh. he's like, I'm turning down $50 million a year. I'm going to get fat. And then I'm like, did you see pictures of him yesterday? He hasn't been working out. He hasn't been on the Peloton in quarantine. Right. Um, he has not. But uh, yeah, it's so this it's a little bit of a bummer. But this also goes to show, holy smokes, the NHL and the NBA are on different planets when it comes to financials. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like $228 million five years. for five years. And like. We're taught we're $45 million per year. That's a lot of money. I'm pretty like, was David Clarkson's contract cumulatively? No. Even more, no. It was what, like $38 million total? That's just insane. So, but yeah, so we might not get like, we're, we're still bar. Like we said, hockey's coming back. It's not even official. We don't know. Life is pointless, whatever. But. We got the naughty list coming up first. Before we get it's into not that, the naughty list. Or sorry, we got the you nice list. You are now on the naughty list. Well, naughty you list. still are. We got the nice list coming up. And before we do that, before we jump in there, quick word from our sponsors. Support for the Staff and Graph podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So Manscaped just launched in the UK. It's huge. They've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and you can be one of the first men or women in England to experience their life-changing products. Now, look, we've all, we've all had mishaps before. The human body has nooks and crannies, 
and it's tough to it's t- it's tough to hit those with precision every once in a while. I, I've been on the I've been on the receiving end of of so, of some incidences. Let me just say that you know I, I was very uneducated growing up in this realm of personal uh, maintenance. I'd say so. There've been times where you know you walk away with some cuts and some cuts and bruises, but Manscaped no. They've redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the gr- the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents. And when I tell you this is premium, folks, this is premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. Let's take a longer shave. If you need 90 minutes to deal with this, I don't know what, what's happening there, but Manscaped will allow you to do that. They also have waterproof technology which allows you to do in the shower. I mean, look, personally, that's where I do it. And having a, having a, a, a waterproof tool with a motor in it that's not going to electrocute you, it's not going to explode, it's fantastic. And one of the coolest features, now this touches my heart personally, LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. This thing's got an upgraded 7,000 RPM motor with quiet technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You should have your motor loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand. You can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code staffgraph at manscaped.com. That's again, 20% off with free shipping, no shipping costs. And everything's getting shipped these days, 20% off free shipping with the code staffgraph, staffgraph at manscaped.com. That's staffgraph, 20% off free shipping, perfect Christmas gift to give your significant other or anyone special in your life who needs it. Again, 20% off promo code staffgraph, free shipping. So it's the nice list. It's time. It's the season of season of giving season of receiving, you know, Santa's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty. We already covered that, but now we're going into the positive side. We're going to talk about who's nice, who is, who has earned their, who in the, in hockey and even in the world will branch out a little bit has earned their way onto the nice list in what has been hell on earth in 2020. So let's start with two groups of people who are not hockey related, but Mm. undeniably the top of the nice list. Undeniably. Teachers Mm -hmm. and healthcare workers slash the researchers that brought us this lovely vaccine. Thank you. Thank you because I actually don't have other words to say because there are no words that would even remotely express the gratitude that this podcast has that everyone should have have. because the amount of nonsense that teachers are putting up with, I have, my brother is in grade 12 and the amount of nonsense that is being dealt with on a day to day basis with the way that governments are handling schooling right now is Mm -hmm. interesting to say the least. Um, and then the doctors and nurses and researchers that Going have been hell. working to the bone yep. and putting themselves at the highest level of risk only for people to not wear masks and not follow guidance and and be extremely selfish. Like to you guys, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season mm-hmm. and we just like the gratitude coming from this podcast, like cannot be over it could not be yeah it could not be overstated like it's it's even it it goes even beyond even the like the raw work they're putting in because it's like you see pictures of doctors and nurses because n95 masks they're freaking like they're heavy they suck i've had to wear one they suck 
And like doctor, like nurses have like permanent creases on their face now that, you know, they, they're bruising basically from having to wear these things for like 12, 18 hours straight. And it, it even like it would be, that would be worse enough. But then they, anytime they want to, they want an escape or whatever, they log into social media, they see dumbasses. I don't know. And again, we're going to hit podcast bingo here. Dumbasses like fucking Tony D'Angelo or some idiot who, ha- who, you know, read like a- Betsy from Texas who said she doesn't yeah. have the vibrations to get COVID oh my God. or the Stacy lady that I sent you yesterday. Like, or some like literally anyone who read a, who, you know, stumbled upon a Reddit thread at one time and, and went, I'm going to take this as abject Anybody fact. with a PhD in Internet research. Just mo- like it's mocking them. Like these people are working themselves to the bone. They're putting themselves in. They deserve the, better. They're putting themselves in the direct line of fire for a virus that has crippled the world. They have to not only deal with the physical stress of that, but also the mental anguish of having to freaking intubate like healthy people every day, every single day, arrange FaceTime like last rites with people. You know, it's insane. And then to then to log on to to Twitter and see freaking Mark from Belleville be like, well, no, I don't believe in it. It's like, okay, like, yeah. So so they're on the nice list. Like at the top. Yeah. Trenched forever. And if you see teachers, by the way, if you see like I I go to Starbucks to get my hot chocolate. Weird flex, but okay. Um, man. Wow, you're bougie. You think you're better than me? Yeah, huh? you make French press coffee. Shut up. Hell yeah. But it's um, Tim Hortons French if, press coffee. If someone walks in wearing scrubs and they're clearly a frontline worker, you best believe Get a, your ass out of the line. You're going to the front of the line and B, I'm probably buying your yeah, coffee you're paying for, for you. it. Yeah. Like I the if you see a frontline worker walk into a coffee shop, please do not make them go to the back of the line. Odds are they're on their break if they're dressed in scrubs and they don't need to spend it on their feet, standing in line. Just let them go to the front of the line, and if you're feeling nice, maybe buy their coffee for them. Anyways. The one thing that, that gave me faith in humanity is when, in the summer, when I went to go get tested for COVID, yeah. I lined up outside of uh, Mount Sinai. Oh. And it was, like, I got there right when it opened, and still it took me two and a half hours to get to the front of the line. The line was crazy. But what gave me faith in humanity is there were two nurses Taking pe- like going through the lines, take like in full PPE in the middle of the summer, taking people's contact information by hand. But when I officially got into the tent, I could see, I could see their little like area. Yeah, there was like fifty iced coffees on that because people like who were there, they just instinctively bought an ice an extra coffee, and were like giving it to the nurse. Like just they're like, I'm gonna go get tested today, and I might as well have a coffee to stand in line. And oh, I'll pick up an extra one for the nurses that are like yeah. So. If you see anyone in scrubs, you see someone wearing like a medical like credential around their neck or something like it's two bucks. If you can't, if you can afford it, because I know mine is yeah. tight right now. Yeah. If maybe, you can afford it, it would make and their then, day. even if you can't let them go to the front of the line. Yes. At least let, at least give at least give your time. If you can't yeah. give your money, give your time, give give manners. It'll make their like the smallest gestures make make their day. OK. It's amazing. All right. My. So you want me to kick off? Kick off. it. All right. Black Girl Hockey Club. 100 percent. Entrenched on on the nice list, the work they've done in the like it's an uphill battle every day for them. It's an uphill battle every day, every day, even like every day for any organization trying to make positive change to, you know, marginalized communities, which in hockey is 100 percent women and 100 percent people of color. You're right. And they've and they represent both of those, both of those people, both those groups. And they have to deal with so I I can't even I should specifically Renee has. Yes. The head of the Incredible. Black Girl Hockey Club. The amount of time she has given to Instagram lives to educate mm-hmm. people, hosting um, seminars for teams like the Erie Otters and 
publicly facing campaigns like the Get Uncomfortable campaign, yes. which we encourage everyone to 100%. sign. The amount of work that the Black Girl Hockey Club has done to make or try to make hockey a more inclusive game is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And frankly, they need more support. 100%. Like, there needs to be legitimate support from teams in the league on these kind of initiatives because we have people in the community who are hockey fans taking leadership roles that need to be supported because the work they do is absolutely fantastic and they deserve to be commended with the highest level of like just that you could possibly commend them with. It would be it would be easy for an organization like this to literally just exist by quote tweeting bad takes and mean like this is insane, this is ridiculous. But what they've done is put in effort and this is this is tough and this and like what they've done is is difficult. It is grading and it takes a million times more effort than just like calling out people who right. are right. It's actually it trying to educate educating, people, reaching reaching groups that would look that would just instinctively look at you know like a. a a dunk on some uh, on like some racist chat and just be like oh whatever like they're just being too sensitive like the like what they've done is they've they've put so much effort into trying to reach groups that would otherwise just live their life in ignorance and trying to move society and the game and show forward. them their perspective and be like this is why this matters this is life or death this is extremely important we don't have a place in this game that you were just you you were just plopped into as a birthright like what you what you had when you you know popped out there into the world we we have to fight every single day to even have a chance for and i think that's really important and to to educate junior players that is because junior players players are probably the most sheltered some of the most sheltered humans on the planet they live in a very white upper class catered to them sort of society they might never even think of of what role or, or the challenges the you know Young people of color, or so young women of color. If in you this haven't already, have. take the Black Girl Hockey Club pledge to get yeah. uncomfortable. Um, and yeah, we thank them and they are firmly on the nice list. All right. Hit me with yours. Okay, so I have two players on my nice list. Okay. Alexi Lafreniere. Boom. And Zade Wisdom. Be- best name in hockey, Zade Wisdom. So Alexi Lafreniere last week was pictured wearing his Hockey Canada shorts and a professional women's hockey so- players association hoodie. Mm-hmm. And just by him wearing that hoodie, because he is a star. Oh, he's the first overall pick. Yeah. By him wearing that hoodie without any type of like PR. There was no like, statement. He put it was out. just him walking around the rink. Shows support for the women's game. Shows that it matters. Shows that it deserves other people's support. And when you have a star with that level of platform doing that. That is what helps. It shows with visibility. It shows it's just a part of his character. Like it's not. It's not he performative has a at all. Woman as his agent. Yep. And he supports the women's game. And from what I know, he has long been a supporter of the women's game. Mm-hmm. This is not a a new thing. PR stunt. New or this thing. is not hopping on a trend. This is not trying to get woke points or whatever. Right. I have heard that he has made efforts to skate with young girls hockey teams in Ramuski where he plays. It's amazing. Like things like that. This matters, man. Like we're saying that, this sh- shit matters. Second one, Zade wisdom. Best um, name in hockey again. Gotta you, put that out there. If you haven't heard a story, he comes from one of the poorest neighborhoods in Toronto. Mm. Um, there were nights where his family didn't have food. His family didn't have electricity, like very 
very hard yeah. life growing up. There's a TSN kind of story about it. I encourage you to watch it if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, the Philadelphia Flyers, it is rare that the Phila- like a team will sign a draft pick that isn't a first or second round pick, A, immediately, and B, to the full bore of the bonuses. But obviously they're aware of the situation. And so they signed Zade Wisdom to his entry-level contract with the full bonus money. Nice. And what did Zade Wisdom do this week? He donated part of his signing bonus to the Salvation Army in his neighborhood in Toronto. Incredible. Fantastic. Imagine this is like your first taste of non-poverty at this point. Mm. And your first instinct, other than to take care of your mother, is I need to donate and give back. The first time you have money. That's incredible. During a pandemic. Like, I, I, I hope nothing but the absolute best for this young man. I want him to succeed like you couldn't even imagine. And the Salvation Army's being, like, at least charitable. It's a staple in Canada. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of good things about the Salvation Army. There's a lot, there are a lot of questionable things. That's why I have to put that out there. Yes. Um, but the fact that he thought to do this. Yes. It's, it shows, is the it point just shows here. character. And also, like, like the, the Salvation Army, in terms of their charitable endeavors around Christmas, their biggest thing is the kettle program. I, yeah. And that, I always and that, give to the kettle program. And that's being canceled because of COVID. So they lo- they've lost a crap ton of money because of that. So for him to donate specifically to the Salvation Army is, is huge during a pandemic. That's incredibly, incredibly important. My next next person on, on the on the nicest, we were going to kind of lump a bunch of excuse me, comp- um, lump a bunch of media people in it together. Right. We both have media people on our nice but list. I want to headline this with this person. It's Paul Hendrick. God bless that man. The night. <clears throat> Jesus, Mike cannot speak I, at all this week. There's a demon in my throat that's like coming up. It's crazy. You would also like to clarify that Mike does not have COVID. I do not have COVID. No. <laughs> I, who am I going to get it from? You haven't left your condo. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, so Paul Hendrick is for sure like the nicest person I have ever met. Maybe ever, but the nicest person I have met in all of hockey, period. The man, I, it, it most people who are that nice, who do the things that Paul Hendrick would do, like a lot of people's first instinct is go, there's no way that this guy, that this is legit. There's no way that, that this person's actually that nice. It's Jonah Hill from This is the End where it's like. So quick story about Paul Hendrick. I have one as well. So when I was doing development camp with the Leafs, he was so kind to me, like pointed things mm-hmm. out, like so great. We would sit during the scrimmages. I was cutting video and he'd have like all these facts. Yeah. And, and then that was that, like went on our merry way. When the. Leaves came to play in New Jersey. I always went up for morning skate. Mm-hmm. And Paul Hendrick came in as I was sitting there, came right up to me, huge hug. How are you doing? We sat, we chatted. Like, he was just like, Paul Hendrick is such a wholesome human being. And I hate that the Leafs are now good and could potentially win something yeah. and he may not be a part of it. Paul Hendrick is like, he's the voice of the, he's, Our he, childhood. he's the voice Him of the and Joe Leafs. Bowen. Yeah. Maybe Hendrick even more. Like he's just the And the positivity when that team was Dog a flaming <laughs> train wreck. They were, that was like when that team, there was no reason for anyone to care about that team. There was no Zero. future. There was no present. It was, and Paul Hendrick he like he hyped he's also like underrated dunks on twitter 
Oh my god, incredible. Like if if like every once in a while Henny will go off the backboard and like windmill on someone and it's I love it. Like we just we love Paul Hendrick on yeah, this podcast. And uh, like so one for me is so I, I met Paul Hendrick. I've only met him a couple times because when the Leafs get inevitably get eliminated from the playoffs, all of the Leafs people then go down to the Marley's beat. And so Hendrick is now the like Henny's now the the ringside reporter. And so I met him in my first year on the beat when the Marley's won the Calder Cup. He was really nice. And I, you know, introduced myself I'm like, hey, you know, I was what, twenty one at the time, I think. Twenty two. Real like, you know, meekly came up and was like, Hey, you know, I'm a huge fan. You know, I'm just starting out in this industry, you know, I'm going to school and told and he's like, Oh, like tell me all about like how you're going to school. And keep in mind, this is like 11 at night. It's after a playoff game, after we've done all these media rounds. It's, As if he doesn't have other things to do. You know, if, you know, he's in the middle of, he's in an AHL rank. This guy is like, you know, the, like the voice of the, of the Leafs sideline. And he, you know, he could be thinking this is below me, but instead, no, he's, he's, he's just every day is like, you know, filled with rainbows and sunshine for this guy. I am genuinely upset. He's no longer yeah. with the Leafs. Like I was me too. genuinely hurt. By so, that. <laughs> so I, I, I tell him all about, you know, UT for political science, whatever. He's like, oh, that's great. Well, like, you know, my son did that and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we met. It was great. And next year, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, Mike, how's it going? How's, how's your program? And I'm like, how? I'm like, this guy not only, not only remembered my name. Yeah. He remembered that I was still in school and he remembered what my program was. And then this summer, so I tweeted out, like this summer, I finally, you know, I, I've been very open about this, but I finally decided to like actually go to therapy, like actually right. seek help. A lot of things happened in my life. That I kinda, was very proud of you. Thank for you. That. And a lot of, a lot of things happened in my life that kind of drove me there and it was a breaking point, whatever. So I, and I was just like, you know what, if I had someone who was, you know, like my age kind of like years ago tweet, like, Hey, it's okay. This is like a sort of very raw, you know, description of, of what it was and how like, and how much it's benefited. Um, it would have made an impact for me. So I just tweeted that and it got a lot of great responses, but the best one was Paul Hendrick, who instantly DM'd me and was like, sent me a big long paragraph, said, I'm so proud of you. Like, this is great. Here's my personal phone number. If you ever have anything wrong, like if, if anything, you know, if you ever, you know, are, are, are feeling bad, you need someone to talk to anything, please call me. And the thing is, a lot of people say that and there are a lot of people who don't really mean it. Paul Hendrick, I, I guarantee you, if I, you know, it, you know, something really happened to me. Right. Let's say today. Yeah. And I really need someone to talk to. And I called Paul Hendrick. He would pick up. He would pick up and he would talk to me for as long as I needed it. He is one of the most genuine, amazing people, not just in hockey, but that I've met in life. And he is, hope he's on the nice list forever. Yeah. Let's talk about some other people that are in the media that are on this nice Mm -hmm. list. I'm going to name three. Okay. And we've pretty much, what we did was we created the media nice list together because Mm -hmm. these people are on both of our nice lists. Yes. Um, Mike Johnson, Jeff Merrick, Haley Salvian. Um, Mike is Mike. Um, yeah. behind the scenes, both Mike and Jeff Merrick have been fantastic to me. Mm-hmm. Last year, I think it was like, well, Jeff has been fantastic since I met him in 2017. Yeah. Um, but last year when I said like I was going through it and when the story came out yeah. that like I was suicidal mm-hmm. um i said i was taking a twitter break i got messages from both of those men if you need anything you can reach out to me here at that point jeff and i've been going back and forth he picked up the phone he called me he was like i need to make sure that you're okay like let's go we're gonna have a coffee like we just need to talk it out and since i have met both of these men 
they have been nothing but supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just one of those things where it's like everyone complains about hockey media. And then you have people like Jeff Merrick and Mike Johnson and Ray Ferraro and Chris Johnson. Who are the opposite of gatekeepers. Who are behind the scenes legitimately working to make hockey more inclusive mm-hmm. and make women and people of color feel more comfortable. And they have publicly said things that lend credence to this. It's just like, I feel like no one pays attention, but to those four men specifically, mm-hmm. um, I owe all of you debts of gratitude for various things. Um, and then Haley. So Haley is one of Mike's best friends. Yeah. Um, and she's become one of my good friends. The amount of shit that Haley took this year was completely unacceptable. She is fantastic at her job. Like, one of the best writers The Athletic has, by far. One of the best writers out there, by far. Not to mention, she is so kind. Like, uh, Haley is on the nice list. She also sorts her Skittles like me. So She does. <laughs> I, don't think any, I don't think any media person in a tangible way has impacted me more than Haley. Haley is, like I said, she's one of my best friends and I've in every single opportunity, every single accolade she gets, she deserves it. I've seen the behind the scenes of her writing stories. I've seen how much she grinds. I've seen, she's, she's moved all over the country just to, just to, you know, take, you know, little steps up. She moved to Saskatchewan and was reporting on farm reports to keep it going for, for, I think it was CBC or CTV. I can't remember which one. You know, when we were on the Marley's beat, she was like, like I learned so much about being a reporter, about being a journalist. From She's her. just so kind. Like all the four people we just mentioned, mm. and maybe we'll get into CJ a in, little bit. We're going to get into some more too. Um, and Haley have been so kind and generous with their time with the two of us mm-hmm. that I can genuinely say that A, I might not be sane without them. Yeah. And two, we definitely would not have this podcast no without way. them. Yeah, Haley is like, yeah, she's taught me a lot about work ethic. She's taught me a lot about how to, you know, like I didn't go to school for this. I, most of what I learned about at least being a beat writer was from Haley. Like she, like she is the epitome of what you're supposed to do. And the amount of shit that she has to take just for, just by being a woman in hockey <laughs> is insane. It's, yeah. And yet what's funny is. How does she still have the amount of class that she does? She yeah. doesn't stoop. She doesn't, you know, like, like. She does when whenever people try and just tear be, her down. just be dicks or tear her down, delegitimize all the effort and work and success she's had. She doesn't she doesn't get goaded into it. Like I I really res- it's very easy for people to just start fights, and I really respect her for being like I'm above this, and I'm going to prove that I'm above this and keep going. She is above it. Ottawa, like you are so lucky to have her on your beat. You are so lucky. Yes. Like you, you, you won the lottery, man. You are so lucky to have her on, on your beat. And I really hope that you, you appreciate, appreciate it because she's going to be a national reporter before and you know it. And no back sass to her either. She does not deserve that. She doesn't deserve to be a national reporter. No back sass. <laughs> no, I know it's, it's insane. So she's, and yeah, she, Haley's had a huge impact on me. Love her like family. She's amazing. Um, another person who has had a lot of impact on me. And th- I guess this is like, I want to put the entire SDP on here, like Steve, Adam and Jesse, but just because I've had more interaction with Steve and Adam, um, Steve is like the reason why I'm here. Like the reason why I'm doing this, like him creating it 
him creating what he did out of his basement, based literally out of his basement <laughs> or his bedroom or whatever in yeah. his parents' house, and then being to where he is now, he is always even before he knew who I was, giving me the time. I remember when I was thirteen, and it was the the twelve thirteen lockout. I remember writing like a three and I wasn't even writing for anything at the time. I was just doing this for, you know, because I was in grade 11 maybe. And I was just trying to like get my feet wet. Yeah. And I, and I had, I liked Steve's Facebook page and I remember writing 3000 words on the lockout. Bullshit. Like no way it should have been that long. Right. And I sent it to him being like, Hey, you know, not expecting a response. Being like, Hey, you know, this is what I think. This is what, this is, this is what I think. Let me know. If you think it's pretty good, like I'm in grade 11, I'm a high school student, I'm just trying to, you know, maybe get my feet wet because, you know, university's coming up, might want to apply to it, whatever. Wasn't expecting to hear back at all. Right. And Steve sends me like this whole, like, I don't even know if he remembers this, sends me this whole thing about like breaking down my entire article, basically telling me it shouldn't have been 3,000 words. (laughs) Yeah, you need to be more concise. He didn't have to do that. No. But it's like people taking time. Yeah. And like... I think that's the theme here with all of these media people that we've mentioned. Yes. Every single one of them has given either one or both of us. Way more time than we deserve. Way more time than we deserve. Like, way more time than we deserve. I could text any one of these people at any point. And whether it's like, I need help. It doesn't matter Or like, I have a question about something. I was writing, I was writing my paper. Yeah. And I texted CJ, Chris Johnson. To ask him a question to verify something for my paper. And he responded to me mm-hmm. before I had the chance to lock my phone. <laughs> like, yeah, he's it's incredible. Adam as well, Adam Wilde. Like, I consider him like, you know, my media mentor in that sense. He has taught me I feel like he's your big brother. He is. Or he's my dad. I like to just refer <laughs> to him dad as my him. dad. Like, no, for real. Like he is he has I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot of people who consider him this way, but he has two children. It's Everly and it's me. Because I I literally ask him about life stuff like he's and especially in the summer and you know we've been very the summer was really tough like i'm sure it was for everyone yes like, we discussed the summer but a lot was of shit a lot of shit happened to me in the summer a lot of shit happened to adam in the summer too he's been upfront about that yeah but i i don't know if i would have been able to get through it without him like he you know there were a lot of, there were i was very lucky to have a couple pillars you were one of them um but adam was just so he was just there I remember there was an event that happened that was really, really jarring for me. Um, that was kind of the catalyst for me to, to start seeing someone, to start to kind of get my mental shit together. Right. And he was the first person I called after it happened to just talk it out, to just, and gave me some great advice and kept at it. Kept, right. you know, and we, like, he's, I, any, like, he's one of those, like, if Paul Hendrick is like the nice person in media, like, Adam's a close second. Like, he, he is genuinely like one of the most, he's one of the most genuine people I know. And he, I don't know. Uh, They're on the nice list. That's yeah. our, but he's just awesome. Like both, like all, and, and I, I just don't have as much interaction with Jesse, but Jesse is one of the most talented people at what he does. Everything he touches turns to gold. Like, <laughs> we have nice microphones because we asked Jesse. <laughs> yeah. He's incredible. Like, but, but in terms of personally for me, and I guess for you as well, but like Steve and Adam, have made they don't even know the impact that they've that they've made on my life. First of all, Steve is the reason you and I met. Yeah, Steve is. We yeah, met have we told at that Steve's story? Book launch. Maybe you know what? Let's save this story for the new year. 
Oh, but yeah, but it's good. Steve is the reason. Steve's the reason why we, why Rachel and I like I'm, are on this podcast. Rachel is one of my best friends in the entire world. She has helped me get through so much. We've helped each other get through so much. Legitimately, this is a level of friendship that you know would I've not had. have happened without Steve's book launch. And we're gonna get into that. Maybe we'll get into that next week. Let's do it. I'm cool. Okay. Um, next one on the nice uh, list. On, on the nice list, who do you got? Uh, Katie Strang and Rick Westhead oh, for yeah. their investigative journalism. And um, if you don't know who either of these individuals are, Rick Westhead works for TSN. Katie Strang works for The Athletic. Um, they both do extremely important work. On, vital. Like, vital. Absolutely vital work in the industry, uncovering things that like the seedy underbelly. So, for example, like the USA Gymnastics scandal that Katie Strang wrote about and that I spoke to her about. It was like beyond painful. Um, Rick Westhead with concussions, concussions and, and tore it all like a problem of pain. And then Katie Strang had one come out like, I think a couple days ago as well, um, about the USA hockey allegations against John Van Beesbrook. And yesterday on Omar Vizquel and his domestic abuse, they have the hardest job in sports, which is reporting the stories that no one wants to touch with a 10 foot pole because of the subject matter. And somehow they report it with class. They, they report it in the most informative, clear, but also just they're everything that like we if need. you want to distill like the craft of journalism and professionalism. Yeah. But like a lot of people like, you know, they they they, you know, roll their eyes when people talk about the craft of journalism, but it still is important. Some people take it too seriously, but these people like they personify it. They have distilled it down to like a vaccine that only they have taken. And also I would just like to personally thank Katie Strang for the piece she wrote on Mike Milbury that basically said, I'm fucking tired. Yeah. Because that is a piece that when it comes from someone like Katie. Katie doesn't break. Matters. It matters. But when she puts her foot down. She, oh, she slammed it down. And I, I texted her. I was like, get yourself a crown. Yeah. Queen. Because Jeez. that was necessary. And when it comes from someone who has the reputation that she has, the the level of professionalism and, and journalistic integrity that she has, that matters. It carries something. And and so they are on my nice list. Who's on your nice list? Next person on my nice list. We talked about him a bit last week because he was a co-winner of a certain award. But it's Laurent Duver- Is Duvernay Tardif. Yes. yes. Um, just... Like we 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 don't have to cover, spend too much time talking this because we did a lot last week. But like this is a guy who, you know, he he had a chance to become like he he essentially in terms of on the football field, sacrificed part of his legacy for the greater good. Like when the world needed people with his caliber to step up, he did. Right. And he he earned he he earned a Lou Marsh Award in that sense. He's a good player, but. Like, this guy is helping, you know, elderly people, like, roll out of bed instead of, like, he could be, he could be in the NFL right now, like, not having a care in the world, making millions of dollars, you know, uh, gunning on his way to a likely second straight Super Bowl. But instead, he's literally in a, like, an old person's, an old folks home, elderly care facility. In, I honestly hope that if KC wins the Super Bowl, that they, they still get him a ring. ring. For sure. Because it's like he's he's amazing, and the only I think he's the first professional athlete to have his doctorate in NFL. Let him after this, let him have the doctor on the back of his yeah, jersey. Yeah, put MD on the back of his damn jersey, or even 
either MD or literally just have like Dr. Tardif on the back of his jersey. Like Dr. Be, Duvernay Tardif. That would be awesome. I would I would get that jersey. If it had MD or Doctor on it, 100%. Might might even just get it anyway. Like he's awesome for sure on the nice list. Who else do you have? I have a lot. I got Matt Dumba. Took a lot of courage from Matt Dumba to say what he said. Took a lot of Matt, uh, of courage from Matt Dumba to speak up and have his voice be heard. Um, just people needed to hear what he had to say. And it was so well done. It was so well done. It was in, in, on a big stage. And he took the knee. And he took the knee. And he inspired others to take the knee too. Like even though it wasn't as many as you would like, he still inspired white hockey players. To take a knee. To take a knee on national television. And not even just that. Attend um, like protests. Yes. Like Chera attended protests. Sagan attended protests. Like it just he got players to speak up. And that's important. He got, he got players to acknowledge issues outside of hockey. Which is a miracle if you can ever have that. Literally happen. a miracle. But this is it is it is so important what he did and and it took a lot of courage, man. Like hockey is a hockey's a sport that tells that essentially encourages you to keep your head down. To head not down, rock, mouth shut. Head down like to neither be seen nor heard. Head down, mouth shut, don't rock the boat. It's but, very like from that perspective, it's very similar to the military. Yeah, but like think about all of the young all of the young, you know, children of color. Who deal with who have to deal with the shit that Matt Dumba has to deal with, watching the playoffs and and not only like the importance of seeing a person who looks like them on TV, right. but seeing a person who looks like them talking about the issues that they face every day, and then encouraging people who don't have to deal with those issues to give those issues respect and acknowledge them. Right. That's incredibly important. Nice list for sure. Who do you got? Our behind the scenes team oh. at the Staff and Graph podcast. We'll be lost without them. <laughs> We wouldn't have a podcast. Literally lost. Um, I most certainly would have been sued by now if it would not for <laughs> producer Connor. Um, producer Connor, like I just said, uh, has saved this podcast from one being shut down and two from me being sued. And for and three sounding like shit. Yeah, like, like an absolute mess. Like you can tell when I and when like myself and Ian were editing this versus when Connor started editing. Connor is in school for this. Yeah. And you can tell that he has clearly learned how to do things properly because it sounds much better. But like a little behind the scenes, pull the curtain away. I just had to take a bathroom break. You don't even know because Connor edited it so well. Exactly. You don't um, even know. And then a couple others. Vanessa Jang of the Broadcast for yep. making our podcast art. Incredible. And she's incredible. And and my Grinch Twitter Abby. Yeah. And the entire Broadcast. The they, entire Broadcast. Oh, I love you all. Lit, uh, all of you. Oh my God. Sam for keeping me sane. Mm -hmm. <laughs> keeping me sane. <laughs> um, and then Ellen Tina. Mm -hmm. Ellen Tina uh, help us kind of, basically they're my friends from New Jersey. We yeah. um, survived the devils together. Um, <laughs> and yes, I used survived there. Um, L is what we call the zookeeper. <laughs> um, because there were days where I would walk to her desk on a different floor and I thought I was walking into a circus that she was just trying to conduct. Yeah. Um, but she helps us with our logos and just general like advice. Graphic design, um, social media, and all that. Tina, who is now the director of social for the Detroit Pistons. So this is now a Detroit Pistons stand podcast um, after the Raptors helps us with our social strategy as well. And just like how to build things. And so behind the scenes, these people have been very 
integral mm-hmm. to the growth of our show. A, the growth of our show, and B, making sure that it could come back. The sustainability of it. Yes. Like the re- like, as you know, I'm very dumb, and I'm not good at <laughs> and I'm not good at what I do. So the fact that they can make me sound somewhat coherent, huge. That that's that's you know a miracle. So we want to thank them from the bottom of our hearts. They're on the nice list for sure. I got a couple more here. Jack Campbell. Eternally on the nice list. What, like, it, it should Did you be... see him in, uh, what was it, like, when the NHL shut down, he was riding around Toronto, like, in his pajamas on a scooter? Oh, yeah. The dude <laughs> is, like, what's funny, too, is, like, he should be bitter. Like, he was a, he was listed as one of the top goalie prospects to come out in recent years. Like, yeah, it was definitely, like, 10th overall He was or something a top like 10 pick as a goalie and didn't really hit that potential that he was supposed to. And he should be kind of bitter. Like, like, you know, he could, he could have just, you know, slinked away as a bust or tried to blame someone else other than himself for any struggles that he had or, or the reason why he didn't hit that ceiling that he should have. But Rachel's making a confused face right now. She's looking at her phone. What's going on, Rachel? Um, it looks like Jamie Baker, who I believe is on the broadcast for the Sharks, is stepping down. Interesting. So... Yeah, that's why I was making a confused face because somebody texted, sended me. Also, the sended. Wow. Well, Rachel's barely coherent. Also, the <laughs> oh black the Blackhawks have split their presidency. You see this? The who? The Blackhawks. So it's it's. You J- mean the Chicago? Yeah, team? Jamie Faulkner will be the new president of business ops. Stan Bowen becomes president of hockey ops and remains GM, and Danny Wirtz becomes CEO. Okay, so yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, you cannot... Real quick, non sequitur here. Yeah, no, 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 but the, I experienced this in New Jersey. Okay. So you cannot have the president of the team also running hockey operations. So, Why? like, there's just too much to do. So when you're the president, when you're Brendan Shanahan, mm-hmm. um, you have to deal with marketing and ticketing and branding and events and... Sh- finance and shit and you have to present to the board you do not have time to be negotiating contracts and having a vision and then xyz and all like hockey stuff and hiring coaches and interviewing equipment managers and all this other nonsense you need that so when like when i was in new jersey ray was the gm ratio yes he and was the alternate governor which is no legitimately a means. fake title no like idea what anyone means. who says they're an alternate governor it, it's nothing it means you get to attend board meetings um but Hugh Weber was the president of mm. the devils so hockey office was on the first floor of the building um and nobody else was allowed on that floor and then all of like the like the president of the devils the ceo of the devils like all that nonsense they were on the fourth floor and then like everybody else was on the second and third floors yeah um but it's important because, like, Hugh Weber, every Friday morning, we'd have these, like, meetings, whole company meetings. We'd all stand there and, like, kumbaya, basically. Nice. But he would have updates, ticketing, marketing, sales, um, upcoming stuff. He would provide updates on, like, the 76ers, which was a brother organization, and, like, the video game thing and Crystal Palace because the owners are very much, like, uh, MLSC where they own, like, multiple things. You can't have a GM also doing that like Mm -hmm. they don't have time there's being a gm is challenging enough as it is because you have to deal with like the nhl and stakeholders and various things you do not have time to be dealing with the ticketing dude yeah or the marketing people you don't have time to be planning you know bobblehead night and stuff like that exactly yes so it's interesting that the blackhawks are doing that because um that work 
if it was on Stan Bowman's plate, it needs to be taken off of it. So, um, yeah, that that's a good thing. Hey, well, didn't know that we were going to get into that, but hey, that's very important uh, insight there. A little behind the scenes for you. But yes, yeah, so Jack Campbell, he's on my nice list as well. I got, I got Gritty. You gotta put Gritty, gritty on the, is my dude. Gotta put Gritty on the nice list. Is Gritty the best marketing thing to happen in the NHL in, what, since the 0506 lockout? Yes. Like. Barna. Oh, he, like the fact Barna. that. He, he made every talk show in the world when he was announced. There are people in China who know who he is who don't know who Sidney Crosby is. When was the last time an, an NHL story was genuinely covered on like last week tonight with John Oliver? Uh, my favorite late night TV yeah. show. Yeah, or, or, and I, I hate it, but the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Freaking hate Jimmy Fallon. He's on the naughty list. Hate that guy. Let Jimmy pe- Kimmel on the other Jimmy hand. Jimmy Kimmel's funny, but Jimmy Fallon, let people finish their interviews and also he ruffled Trump's hair and play, played a part in legitimizing that. the fascists. So, fuck you, dude. Anyway, um, sorry, Rachel's grandma. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Grady, 100% of the nicest. Every, like, <laughs> Every piece of content it's cool. that comes out is absolutely brilliant and i would like to say this the man who is behind gritty mm-hmm. and flyer social media brian Bourne, yes on the nice list because it is a gold mine putting his body on the line every day from like that clip of him just eating shit on the ice his first oh no no brian Bourne is not the mascot no brian, i know but you yeah. said the person bef- like behind gritty. gritty yes that person is puts their their physical well-being <laughs> on the line on the line every day and and the guy who runs flyer social who, who is brian Bourne. Um, fantastic job like the fact that the Flyers are getting a legitimate interest from around the world because of how well their mascot has hit is a testament to everyone in that organization who played a part in making it very Philadelphia you can tell (laughs) you can tell how important Gritty is and how and how well liked he is when someone tried to allege that Gritty assaulted them and the entire first of all the entire hockey community was was like like, no we didn't so it's like prove it (laughs) No, the entire hockey game yeah, was, was like, like prove, make, it. prove it. We believe gritty over you. We're and believing an orange thing that looks like it came it out of. <laughs> but all, and second of all, in the lawsuit, it didn't. It he didn't name the person behind gritty. He named, he named gritty. gritty. Gritty is an entity onto himself. He has taken a fictional mascot and, and made and give like it's incredible. So gritty also just shows how litigious the American society oh, is. Yeah. It's just incredible. But like also. I'm surprised that it like litigious doesn't go the opposite way and say like, no, the person in like the person in the greed and assault you like, or allegedly it didn't happen. He made it up. Yeah. But, um, greedy didn't allegedly assault you like the person wearing the gritty costume did. So I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't have to like name that guy. No, he's like, but gritty, but put, gritty. Put gritty on the stand. That's how you know it's not legitimate. Can you imagine gritty walking into like a judge Judy courtroom? That'll go well. Another one on the nice list. Mark Borietsky. Borokop. Um, guy's a superhero, man. Like he's he's. Didn't he like run someone down? Yeah, he did what DK Metcalf did, but like on the street for I mean, a person. Yeah, like it's it's amazing, and he he should be on the nicest for staying sane after making that video with Eugene Melnick, and then Yo, being treated like crap, then being punted out the door for not for no reason. But now he's in Nashville, and he's making good money, and Nashville will love him, and John Hines will love John, him. John Hines will love him. But he just, he's, and, and like, for example, so a, a producer in Vancouver for Sportsnet 650, Justin Morissette, um, was hearing this guy pre, like preach ridiculously homophobic and anti-gay oh, language yes. and like 
personally like attacks like attack someone with that language so he tried to stop it and got jumped by a bunch of homophobes and they shattered his leg and he was in the hospital for like i think three weeks for a very long time in the middle of a pandemic very enjoyable and mark boyetsky like called him up and now they now they're friends and he sent them like merch and they like taught like face also justin moore said on the nice list yes a hundred percent but like facetimes him like to keep his spirits up like just again a lot of these come down to like people who don't need to give their time who have valuable time and don't need to give it giving it anyway and going above and beyond and mark like mark borieski like straight up friggin' lebron blocking a dude like oh, chase yeah. down blocking a guy who who stole someone's purse and then figure like who he's also being like really upfront with you know like the like pride stuff he marches in the parade. He's been very upfront in that regard. And Braden Holby. And Braden yeah. Holby. And yeah, so just, yeah, uh, he, he's 100% nice list. Like we taught, it's it's very easy to look at the bad stories in hockey. It's very easy to look at, the, at, at you know, all the people who are just, ma- like who are just regressing this sport and ruining, ruining it for everyone. Right. And I think that a lot, like the point of this is to, you know, shout out and give, you know, some illumination to people who are making the sport better, who, you know, it, it's, it's like, they're hard to find these positive stories, but they, when we find them, they deserve to be shouted out. So hundred percent Borough cop. He, he should still be in Ottawa. He should be ushering in that new core, but their owner sucks. So yes, life isn't fair, I guess. Um, who else, anyone else on yours? It for my nice list. Uh, do I have anyone left? I feel like this is a quite a long, nice it is. list. Oh, last one to shout out the people who run cap friendly. Oh, Dominic Zarin. Yeah. Like I, the, the work, the hours, the, the, the sweat, the blood, the tears. The amount of time I have texted him and been like, hi, I'm just clarifying this. And he was like, yes, that's true. But then sometimes he'll text me cause he knows that I could text people like yeah. within the NHL to like get, like ask things, mm-hmm. which like I really don't do, but I, sometimes I have the answers just having worked there. Yeah. You're like, I'm just double checking this. I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. But like the amount of work they do. It's insane. Where would we, there are. Where would hockey be without NHL them? teams. They use it. That use that website. Where, like, where would the modern hockey fan be without, with all the cap bullshit? Like an entire, an entire section of discourse in the sport at large, but specifically 50% of the 50% of the content on every sport Leafs podcast, radio show, TV show panel would be gone. Cause it's centered around the salary cap without that. Like without them, we're lost. We have no idea where any teams stand. We have no idea what, you know, what, what impact this is, what LTIR, this, the, the, the nitty gritty, the minutia, the, the ridiculous little, you know, nonsense. The, the ridiculous little, you know, uh, uh, trying to think of the, the term like subsections in the CBA that they have memorized like the back of their hand. It's it's savant. Level. I have read the CBA. Yeah, I have too. And it it's insane. is not nice to read. I have a PDF on, on my computer. I hate it. It's, it's I know it, but I hate it. Me too. And it's meant it's meant. Can't to wait be to have confusing. to read the new one. Can't if ever, wait. If we ever get that. Um, but no, like they the, the work that they do to help push hockey in terms of like an assess accessibility level yeah unparalleled fan because, interest. But, but even like they have they have like explainers they have like cheat sheets what i hate the most about certain like analytics sites i think they're great like i think these advanced stat sites are great you know natural stat there's no natural stat trick awesome you know evolving wild all that kind of stuff hockey this hockey Michael biz Blake McCurdy, incredible the father subscribe to his patreon if you can help help keep that in business but 
they like the fact that they don't have a glossary or like a legend to be like what certain and Micah does. Micah does, but Natural Statric does. But Micah is also a professor that has a PhD, I believe, in chemistry. So like he he knows he's teaching. Natural Statric doesn't have all that though. And and but like but Cat Friendly has gone above and beyond that and have like tools. They have tools like if this happens, armchair, what are the implications? Armchair GM, expansion draft simulator, like all that stuff. It's incredible. Yeah. Trade, you know, like trade, uh, trade simulator. It has helped, it has helped create and, and usher in a subset of like an entire generation of hockey nerds. And that is, and that is what fuel, like a, a sport is only as popular or as big as its group of intense hardcore fans. Because and right. that's the biggest failing the NHL has tried to do is tried to market itself solely to the you know the the person who couldn't who's trying to just be flipping through cable who's a, who's a casual fan when they really should be marketing themselves and trying to to you know endear themselves to the hardcores who listen to a bullshit podcast like ours and that's exactly what Cat Friendly does I they their service the the work they do the services they provide to us invaluable yeah that's why they're up there you so you have nothing else I mean, we've reached else. the end well. Congratulations to everyone who uh, who made the nice list. If you didn't, sucks to suck, man. Got it sucks no, to suck. <laughs> man, I remember saying that in high school, and my teacher was like, excuse me? And I was like, you're right. Probably should not have said that. It, yeah. It. <sighs> I did some things in my oh, me junior too. and senior. Because keep in mind, like I was at a private school, too. I was in public school. Do you have any idea the, the freaking... And, like, so they could like teachers could do different things because they answered to our parents. It wasn't like you go to a government funded school. So like teachers get away with anything. Oh, see, no, our teachers, like you had to answer to the parents. So like, so they wouldn't get away with anything. No. So like at one time I was, um, and my teachers will readily admit this. I was a bit of a shithead in class. I still got my 90s, but I was a shithead. Mm-hmm. You still are. I still am. Yeah. Um, less so now, though. Um, eh, debatable. And one day we were in chemistry class, and I decided to light mag- manganese on fire. Light what? Manganese. What it's are like those? It, it puts a really like bright spark. Okay. And uh, just for fun. It was not a good idea. As and you do. And she made us, in February... Mm-hmm. All like the three of us that were involved run around the car parking lot. You earned that eight times. You earned that. But but like a public school teacher or like a random teacher is not going to be like go no, downstairs but- and go outside. Dude, okay, like one of the most. Seminal- like, I was such a shit. I guarantee you, <laughs> as much of a shit as you, like I'm not trying to one up you here, but as much of a shit as you were, I was worse. I feel like you definitely were. I had undiagnosed ADHD oh at my the time God. too, and. But like, I remember my grade nine math, my grade nine math teacher, worst teacher I've ever had, Mr. Gardner, shout out. I graduated from U of T, you're still a math teacher. So where are you in life? Anyway, um, he was also- Yeah, t- I had a math teacher tell me that I belonged in applied math. Yeah. And you my think mom that's was like, bad? you want to what now? You think that's bad? So I had to meet with him after school okay. one time and he looked me dead in the eyes and he said verbatim, the most you'll ever become in life is a crossing guard. And then what happened? And then I, and then I graduated from U of T- and are you a crossing guard? No. No, brah. Like that, what's funny is like, like. Yeah, my parents sent me to a public school for one year. It was grade 10. And the math teacher was like, she belongs in applied math. And my mom was like, you realize she A, has skipped a grade, and B, has tested gifted for that grade ahead. And has completed three grade 11 too? courses. 
I'm, Yo, gifty gang. What's I'm, up? So I got moved ahead of grade and tested gifted for that grade. So like, and then she's like, yeah, applied. Like you belong in applied. And my mom was like, you're going back to the private school. Also, by the way, you're taking calculus, data management and advanced functions and all three sciences. The worst part, <laughs> the gifted program is so flawed. My school did not even have applied. Like, we did not have oh, no. applied, applied French gang right over here. Incredible. I wish. So they like the gifted program is so flawed because I tested in like the 99th percentile for English. It's very flawed. Yeah. But I literally like, so that's like for sure. Gifted. Just go to a private school. Definitely. But I tested in, I think like the 11th percentile for math, <laughs> like really bad. Cause I'm not good at math, man. And yet when I in middle school, cause that was the first time you could like, Test I went, for the gifted program. like I went to, I, I tested for the gifted program in grade five, but elementary schools don't have gifted programs, at least not back in my day, whippersnappers. Um, and so I went to a middle school that had a gifted program, but the thing is they don't put you in a gifted class of what you're gifted in. They put you in gifted everything. Yeah. So I was just like doing well in English or whatever, which, you know, I'm a writer now. Great. That worked out. That helped. But I'm in gifted math. Yeah. That's not good. Like it's insane. Like, but element, like if you, let me, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been like, ever been bought like full on body checked by your gym teacher while playing ball hockey in gym class? Yes. I have been cross. Well, not by my teacher, but I got cross checked well, in your, the face. <laughs> if it's by your teacher, then you went to a public school. Cause that happened all the time to me all the time. Like if you, have you, Oh my, dude, what? yeah, this is, you think that this, this, this is Are the thing is you think you got Mrs. away Gardner with anything. was the bomb. Mrs. She, Gardner. Yeah. She was a Tell champ. her husband that, He's like that. He told me I was going to be a crossing guard when I grew up. No, but <laughs> no, Mrs. Gardner. Okay, the so I was on every school team, boys and girls. Yeah, because breaking I down went gender to, barriers. Man. I because I went to a private school that didn't have a bunch of kids at it. So it was like, oh, Rachel, guess what? You're playing on the boys' soccer team. You are running. Like the only one I wasn't on was the track team because. I was on the girls' track team, and it was the same day. Mm. So you couldn't. But boys' soccer, boys' hockey, boys' ice hockey. Yeah. Like, um, there was, like, a couple other ones, too. But, like, I spent so much time with my gym teacher that it got to a point where she was just like, you go do what you need to do, and everyone else is going to, like, play soccer today or play volleyball today or, like, whatever. But she, like, it got to the point where she was just like, just – Whatever you need to do, just do it over there. Like she just trusted me. Yeah, that's. But we got to play full send hockey at gym. Public was school sick. was one hundred percent with different. our own sticks. Like it, I had a vapor forty playing road hockey. We like you, like you think teachers get away with anything in private school? No, they have to answer to like you know rich parents. Like you could get away with anything in public school. I meant more like they could get away with like actually disciplining students. Because there's no board to complain to. So, like, they could keep you after school for three hours. I still got that. Like, I got, I've been screamed at. I have been, like, full-on, like, body-checked by gym teachers. That's incredible. I've been, like, especially, like, in football practice. Like, because I remember I was oh, on. So yeah, we didn't have football because our principal was like, nope, that's damaging to your head. CTE is a thing. She I was, was no football. I was given a helmet that was two sizes too small for me. Uh, ex- excellent. Out there. And they could get away with. They could get away with them saying the most also like racist stuff ever too. See, yeah, we never had that I was issue. a run, I was a running back and there were four running backs on the team. It, I, and this was my first year on the team. This is grade nine. So I like. This is a hockey podcast. Can I know. You tell? But like, 
So the 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 start the two starting running backs, two Asian guys, and the two backup running backs, two white guys. It was me and another grade nine, and they literally called it the white backfield. And and wow, yeah. Side note: Can we actually? We'll go back. Like we're gonna get back to hockey right now because yeah, I just realized. Um, so Mike and I both played hockey growing up. Mm-hmm. Mike played hockey with my ex-boyfriend while I was dating him. Yep. So like I, I was really good friends. I didn't I had no idea. I, was really <laughs> I with actually knew who you were. I just had never maybe at one of the hockey parties, maybe. Probably. But like Mike and I have been in the same like Venn diagram. We have cro- like we have crossed paths, paths so like unintentionally times, our entire lives. It's kind of funny that you played hockey with my ex-boyfriend while I was dating for him. two years yeah I would like, sleep I think over. the year that we were dating you were playing yeah his dad like I was sleeping at his house all the time his dad was our assistant coach like yeah oh he was awesome also his older brother's really cool his older brother's super hot like everyone <laughs> everyone was super into his older brother I remember that yes but no it's 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 hilarious um but yeah no like public school I could go on for days for days about public school stories like it, it, it's insane, but yes, that will be if we're if we're bored over the break. Just we'll have break out the uh, we'll, we'll break it out. But Kovalev not on, shift, not on this podcast because we've reached the Kovalev shift. Rach, oh yeah, we reached the Kovalev shift. Kovalev was a great shot. Scores, Alex Kovalev. Score! It's Kovalev. Kovalev scores. Oh. There's the theme, Rachel. What are you mad about today? Um. It's not so much that I'm mad. What do you want to rant about it's, today? It's, <laughs> okay. So the Cleveland baseball team yes. is changing their name, but not immediately. So they're not going to be like the Washington football team where they're like, you know, we're going to get rid of our really racist name and we're going to be Washington football team until we figure out a new name. I think they might just stick with Washington football team at this point. Either way, the Cleveland team is like, we're going to get rid of our name, but we're still going to be the Indians this year. So we're still going to be horribly racist this year. Mm-hmm. But next year, we'll have a new name. Next year, when it makes financial sense. Next year, when it makes financial sense for us. We'll do it. Even though, even though we have. Even though Chief Wahoo is banned in Canada from being used. Mm-hmm. Even though because we, it's so racist. Even though we have seven months until the prospective start of baseball next year where we could then create a new branding plan, a new merchandise and really make a lot of money from people who want to get on this trend. No, we're still like ra- this our this racism doesn't really fit our economic timeline and our, our, our yeah. profit like, margins. It's to me, first of all, the fact that it took this long, them, the Atlanta Braves, like what is going on here? But the, like the Atlanta Braves, it's all terrible. They're all co-op. They're all, it's all cultural appropriation, but like the, Cleveland Indians, that's a slur. That is a literal, it's the same as the Washington football team one. Like, yes. it's a legit it's a, slur. It's a slur and it's like racist propaganda as the logo. Chief Wahoo? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like that's out. That's Done. insane. Okay. How is that allowed? How are we still at a point where this is a thing that's acceptable? And I am, this is what made me most angry. Okay, we've discussed the Blackhawks, so we're not going to get into that mm-hmm. again. They, we need a logo change here, please. Um, like, swiftly, promptly, please get on it. If, it's, if, it's, if, if Adidas can't use it, you shouldn't be able to use it. So, okay. Matt Walsh, who should have been on the oh naughty list last week, God. said he tweeted a thing let this me, morning. Let me pull it up. And... This is the dumbest thing I've ever read. <laughs> okay. It's worse Mike th- is going to read the tweet and I'm going to it's react. Worse, it's worse than Casey Neistat's stuff, I think. 
Like it's worse than him mm. saying I. No, because this. At least Casey and I said this was just like blissful ignorance. Like he wasn't saying anything offensive. Yeah, he was being a dumbass. He was just being, an, was just being an idiot and thinking he was like tough and deep or whatever. So read the tweet and then I will oh, have. I wonder if he, I think he might have deleted it actually. No. Oh no, I found it. I found it. He tweeted, this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. I've never heard anyone ever complain about the Boston Celtics and their stereotypical mascot. If Cleveland Indian is offensive, then so is this. He said, then so is this. Okay. First of so all, like I, deal with your, no, but. But this isn't offensive to anyone with a brain and a shred of emotional maturity. And neither is Cleveland Indian. So first of all, you're a white dude. You don't really have okay, the authority so to Okay, so I would also it. like to point out that leprechauns... Are fictional. Are fictional. Notably do not exist. Notably do not exist. Rachel? You are offending... A, that would be like saying I'm offended by something that happened in Shrek. Like, Ra- if someone was to call them the Shreks, and I'm like, well, I'm offended because Shrek. Rachel, like, as, a, as, a, as a short person, I'm really offended about the Lord of the Rings series because they just use elves. And, they, and dwarves. Yeah. Like, you have to be He's, so fucking dense. Here's the thing. I, and look, people are going to be like, oh, well, it's, it's okay. Here, here. One is a racial slur. The other one is a Lucky Charm cereal box thing that we randomly celebrate on St. Patrick's Day, even though 90% of the world isn't Irish. Hey, as an Irish white guy, yeah. let me just give the Boston Celtics permission to use that logo. Doesn't offend me. It's fine. You know why? Because the leprechauns, because leprechauns don't, don't fucking exist. And number two, You're- white people haven't been persecuted for the color of their skin. Yeah, leprechauns, A, notably don't exist. B, notably not oppressed. Like, ever. And also, you're a white guy. You're not allowed to tell a group of people how to feel about being appropriated. Like, you're not allowed. No, but like, or even just, you're not allowed to tell a group of, a, a certain group of people how to feel about treatment they've gotten for being that group of people you're a white guy like you're not allowed to say that i'm not allowed to tell a black person how to feel about about you know anything that gets thrown their way if a person of color says i feel this way because of xyz was done go in there you do not get an opinion as a white person that's not your experience no it's absurd like it's honestly the mental gymnastics that it goes on with this nonsense is out of control indians the Washington football team, the Braves, the Blackhawks, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs. Like, if people are offended by this, that that are from the communities that are being culturally appropriated, you need to listen to those people. You do not need to listen to people that say that leprechauns are are, are that are offended on behalf of leprechauns. Look, I'm 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 a short Irish guy, so technically I'm a leprechaun. I'm saying it's fine. Go for it. Like my also, stepfather, five ten and a half, so is not that a ginger. Short. Like, he... That's a shame. Like, I'm sure we make leprechaun jokes at him all the time. My prayers are with your stepfather. (laughs) We make leprechaun jokes at him all the time. But, like, to be getting offended... Hey, man, when I'm walking down the street, I don't have to worry about someone hurling Celtic at me. Or insults of... No, like, when I'm walking down the street, I don't have to worry about some dude in a pickup truck screaming at me, like, go home, you Celtic. Yeah, these people do. These, These people, people have to worry about, about people yelling the team name at them in a, in a, like, because it's a slur. Not to mention, like, the tomahawk chop that happens at MLB games. Oh. Like, just, like, honestly, imagine just say in, you're racist and go. Imagine being an indigenous person 
trying to enjoy a game, a, a baseball game, and the mascot <laughs> is racist propaganda directed against you. I hate it. I hate it. Like, the fact we still need to have these conversations, you wouldn't call a team the Jews. Sasha, like, you wouldn't do it. Sasha Baron Cohen, who is Jewish. Yeah. Like, a big part of Borat is, like, how, like, is, is the satire for the anti-Semitism that, you know, Kazakhstan has or whatever. Yes. Um, Jewish people. But, like, how different is Chief Wahoo from, like, the, the mascots in The Running of the Jew? Yeah. It's the same, man. It's racist propaganda. Like, stop being racist. The bar is below also, the floor. is this, like, I can't believe that this is the hill that people are dying on. Like, you, I guarantee you Matt Walsh doesn't give a shit about the, about the Cleveland baseball team any other day but this. But he sees, he sees an excuse to stand on his white guy throne and, and <laughs> piss a bunch of people off. And so he's going to say it. People, you, it's so phony. People don't even care. It's like Pierre Maguire saying that he doesn't like analytics at this point. Yeah, we get it, man. Like, but like, you're just screaming into the void. No one gives a shit. No one should give a shit about this. It's it like you're, you're, you're out of the loop, man. Like you're, yeah. What you, it's, he thinks this way because when he grew up, this was acceptable. This was acceptable. It shouldn't have been, but it's not, but, anymore, it but it's not anymore. And he's scared that the world is changing around him. And I'm like, he's, it, this is fear. This is not. It's super fear breeds ignorance. I, I find it super ridiculous that people were okay with the Washington team name and the Cleveland Indians, but we're obviously very clearly not okay if a team was nicknamed culturally that was culturally appropriating, like the black community or like it. But because it's the indigenous community, it's it's okay. No, I guarantee you, if a team was called like the Memphis White Trash, all these people <laughs> would like lose their mind about it, which is the exact same thing as calling a team the Cleveland Indians. Like, it's the exact same thing. It's even worse. Like the Cleveland is worse. Cleveland, the Cleveland, yeah, it's infinitely like you're worse. Using a slur, but like it, it, it boggles my mind. Like it, the fact that it took this long. It's, you know what it is? It would be like if a team that was playing was going to use the homophobic slur that starts with an F yes. as their team name. That's offending a group of people. It's the same thing. Don't, you would never do that. That would never be allowed. And yet we're still okay with indigenous people being culturally appropriated for sports team names. It's they're, not okay. They're, us they're using a, a term and an image that is supposed to oppress a certain amount of people and they're profiting off it. Yeah, it's not acceptable. Absurd. Change it. The fact immediately. And, and to 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 compare anything relating to like any oppression that white people have had to that. <laughs> white people are not oppressed. We're not oppressed, man. Like <laughs> like oh my god. Like when are you going to stop with this victim mentality? I'm, like I am the definition of a privileged white kid. The definition I know this. Look, we're white people of the, the podcast. We know how cliche we are. The only thing I have against me right now is that I'm female. Yeah, I don't know. I that. am a white kid who went to a private school. I mean, I didn't grow up uh, like in the best part of Toronto, but I grew up nicely. I'm yeah. also a German, so like I am educated on oppressions yes. of the past. The fact, look, we're two white people with a podcast. Like, we can't get any more cliche than that. Not and to we mention, people have that. university educations, like, and mine was paid for. By, but, uh, yeah. Not by my parents. Pay for a bunch of mine, but still. like it. it yeah, but <sighs> it's just one of those things where it's like we haven't experienced oppression. Therefore, we do not have the right to we speak on it. We don't get a it. say in it. We don't get an opinion. And, and that Matt is Walsh how I feel. definitely I'm doesn't so get an opinion. 
angry about it. Like, I'm just so tired of people who haven't experienced oppression, who aren't part of a visible minority, whether it's the LGBTQ community or uh, people of color. Like, I'm just so tired of people who aren't part of a marginalized community speaking as, as if, if they, they have experienced being oppressed. You don't. Or comparing their experience to that. Like, it, no. It, it makes me angry. You're not on the same playing field. Yeah, sure. it's not the same. Yeah. Anyways. That's been the Kovalev shift. Um, this will, I think this is our last episode before. No, we have one next. Oh yeah. We have one next week. So we'll be coming at you next week and then we'll be taking a one week break just, you know, for the holidays to enjoy that. But we really hope you enjoyed this. We want to thank manscaping for, or manscaped for coming on as a, as a partner here. Use the promo code staff graph for 20% off all the products. It's a great gift to give your, your boyfriend, your significant, your, your significant other the person in your life who needs to do that. Pretty much anyone, like as they say on TikTok, your balls will thank you. So it's great. The products are fantastic. It's really high quality stuff. It's a perfect, it's the perfect gift, stocking stuff or whatever for someone in your life who you care about. Also, I would really like all of you to let us know how many things on the bingo card that we hit today. We probably, we probably like cleared the entire card for sure. Perhaps. It, yeah, but we'll see. Tweet us if you got bingo. And also tweet us if you tweet us if you use our promo code staff graph because it's yeah, yeah let us know you staff graph 20% off. But anyway, um, yeah, we really enjoy it. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, literally anywhere a podcast is hosted. Um, you can find us there. We're and on- if you're already celebrating a winter holiday, mm-hmm. happy holidays. Happy to holidays. You. Yes. And all of the best. Stay Please safe. Enjoy the time with your immediate family. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be back next week. Yeah. So you can follow uh, Rachel on Twitter. You can follow Twitter on Rachel. Uh, You can follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel Dory. Me on Twitter at Mikey Stevens 81. You can follow at Staff Graph on Instagram and on Twitter. And we'll see you next week.